It is Friday, September 17th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 2 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again are Jared Smola and Mitch Carl. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Mitch, before we get to the player picks this week, I have a very important question for you. DFS and Donuts on Twitter. I mean, you seem like a pretty fit guy. Is there something that you're not telling us? Is it really like DFS and Donuts and CrossFit or something? No, I tell you what. When I started this account, I was a huge donut freak. And that was like, (laughs) you know, four or five years ago. And then I had multiple kids. And you know how the metabolism slows down in your late 30s. So it's more so just DFS at at this time. But... uh, (laughs) We'll leave the ha- we'll leave the the handle as it is. <laughs> it's probably good for you to keep the brand going. Also good for you to drop the donuts from the real life handle. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> you get the kind of handles that you don't want. So <laughs> we won't waste any more time. Now, I just I needed that for me. I don't know if anybody else cares about it, but the people are here for player picks. So let's jump into the quarterbacks. And Jared, why don't you hit us first with Cash QB? Yeah, it's going to be Justin Herbert for me, and you know, I'm, it's going to be a theme. I'm attacking this Chargers-Cowboys game, and I, I don't think that's going to be like contrary. I think it's going to be the most popular game on the slate. I'm still going to be using it in both cash and tournaments. I, I, I just, I'd be shocked if this game like fails. Um, you know, you have you have two fast-paced offenses. These teams, Dallas and, and the Chargers, ranked ninth and tenth in situation-neutral pace in Week One. They were both pass-heavy offenses. We know Dallas was easily the pass-heaviest offense in the NFL in Week One. The Chargers. For the seventh past heaviest offense in, in uh, neutral situations in week one. Cowboys defense wasn't good to begin with. Now they're without two defensive ends. Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory are out for this game. Uh, you know, Vegas ex- expects the Chargers to score a bunch of points. They have a 29 point implied total. That's the fourth highest on the main slate. So Herbert for 6,700 bucks, uh, you know, se- seems like a bargain to me. Mitch, I'm sure you're going to be on that game too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be just fantasy goodness. Absolutely. There's no reason not to be there. Uh, I was thinking about it, too, before you had asked me. I was trying to think back who I went with last week in cash games, and then it hit me. I had, uh, you know, the homerism bias took over, and I went with Josh <laughs> Allen over Kyler Murray, who you guys were pushing. And, boy, that that, uh, that, that, sh- that I shoot myself in the foot there. <laughs> now, looking at it this week, you know, Kyler Murray, he is really up there at 8.2K, and I really like what Jared's saying in this mid-6K price range. There's some viable options for all things DFS, cash games, tournaments, small field GPPs, leagues, head-to-heads. I mean, just that that zone is beautiful this week. And the guy I'm on is Dak Prescott. And I simply believe it's because they're just going to have to throw the ball over and over again all season until they do they figure something out in that backfield, try to get their run game going. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. They didn't even really try. They had an opportunity to even start feeding Zeke a little bit at some point during that game. And it's they literally just decided we're not going to. And they're just going to keep heaving the ball. I don't think uh, Michael Gallup is a great wide receiver. He's a phenomenal three, but I don't think there's some precipitous drop off to Cedric Wilson sliding up there in the, uh, you know, as a 
third wide receiver. And, you know, Schultz looked good as the tight end two last week, had six, I think, six catches on six targets. So, you know, they've got two pass catching tight ends at this point. Blake Jarwin was moving around pretty well out there. And the strength of this offense is throwing the football. And this is going to be a nice high scoring affair. I don't think either team's really going to stop the other one. And, you know, Dak has a very nice floor and ceiling simply due to the pass volume. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get more Zeke at some point than we got in week one when he had 11 carries, but th this is going to be a pass-leaning team all season for good reason because that's where all their talent – not all their talent. That's where their primary talent is. I'm just going to dive into this 6,500 to 6,900 range on DraftKings at quarterback and swim around like Scrooge McDuck because there, there's gold all over the place. Dak Prescott against the Chargers, Tom Brady against the Falcons, Jalen Hurts against the 49ers, Justin Herbert against the Cowboys – I mean, all these guys are gems. I, I don't think any of them is going to bust. Obviously, there's always somebody that we don't expect to bust that does. But heading into the week, I don't see any reason to not believe in any of these quarterbacks. They all have attractive stacking options. So I'm going to try building lineups with all of them. I think who I settle on is probably going to depend on, you know, who I'm stacking with them at wide receiver, what fits best money-wise, and what fits best around them once I get kind of that base laid. But I'm working all these guys in and certainly building lineups for all of them as I head into GPP play. So Jared, what do, what do you like for tournaments at quarterback? Is there anything different? I mean, so full disclosure, you know, most of my tournament lineups are going to be either Justin Herbert or Dak Prescott teams. Um, you know, since we already covered them, I do like Tom Brady as a tournament play. Fanshare has him coming in at just 6.6% ownership. I think in other weeks that would be closer to like 10, 12%, but just because there's so many strong options this week, Brady's going to get left behind a little bit. I mean, you know, he's priced above Dak Prescott and, and Justin Herbert. So I think that's going to get some people off him. Um, you know, he had the massive opener, obviously Brady now has 300 plus passing yards and or three or more touchdowns in nine of his last 12 games dating back to last season. This Falcons defense is bad. Uh, the Bucks implied total 32, the highest of the week. So uh, Brady for tournament, 6% ownership. Uh, I'll get to a stacking partner with him later. You know, there, there's lots of options, um, but, um, you know, there, there's one guy I like, especially after a down week one. I was going to, I'm going to go ahead and jump to that. I'm not even going to wait for it, Jared, because I've got that down in the wide receiver section too. I mean, is it just, is it the week to go Tom Brady and Mike Evans at 6,100 bucks with people being scared off and by that week one, you'll get them at low ownership, low salary. You can fit in another number one wide receiver from somewhere else, get the savings at multiple positions this week. I, that might be the way to go here. Yeah, I'm going to be stacking Brady with, with Mike Evans. Um, I, I think 6,100 is too cheap anyways. And then I think Fancher has him coming in around 7% ownership. So, you know, Brady and Evans, I, I like that stack. Yeah, we'll talk about it more when we get to wideouts. Mitch, what do you like for tournament quarterbacks? I'm using the same guy I used last week, and this will be a reoccurring theme until the field starts to catch on to it. It's going to be Kirk Cousins, man. He, he he did exactly what we were hoping for last week, and I had it mentioned on the pod to you know use both Jefferson and Thielen. It just missed out. You know Jefferson didn't score a touchdown. He didn't really get the volume he needed in order to be that solid second person in the stack. But I think you can have an opportunity this week to run mm -hmm. it back and do it again, try it again. And I think it's simply just going to be an offense where these two guys are going to get so many targets. They're going they're going to take up so much of the uh, the market share in this passing offense because there's just no one else. There's just no third pass catcher that the team can rely upon. You saw Jefferson get nine targets last week. Thielen had 10, picked right up where he left off last year, 14 receiving touchdowns, had two in week one. And I think this, this like trio is not too expensive either. You're looking at about 20, 
20.5K for the three of them combined. And there's plenty of value again here in week two, especially with some of this news we got coming out with injuries where you're going to be able to, you know, take some of these cheaper price running backs, tight ends, defenses, and you pay up for your stack. And on the other side, you can run it back with a myriad of options. You know, we're now we've got Rondell Moore had six targets. He looked great. Uh, you know, uh, Christian Kirk had five targets, five receptions, two touchdowns. Uh, Dandre Hopkins didn't really pop off the way we'd want to at his price tag, but you know, he, he's, he's always, the, the upside is always slate winning when you select a guy like Hopkins on a PPR site like DraftKings. So I love that game. I love that stack. And Kirk Cousins is going to keep up having his top, I think it was last time I checked, 27th of all time touchdown rate. Totally underrated this guy is. And I love the targets he has. Yeah, I mean, if he's throwing 49 passes, we're not usually going to see Justin Jefferson stop at nine targets. They did pass the ball more neutral situations than last year, last week. So we'll see if that stays up. I think KJ Osborne has a chance to emerge as the third guy, but I don't think he's going to be up there with Thielen and Jefferson and targets like he was in week one. So I agree with you that stacking both of those guys with Cousins works well. And Jefferson very nearly scored a touchdown last week and might have actually. They did review it. it there just like wasn't enough to overturn it. He might have gotten into the end zone before he, he did. hit the ground there. So yeah, he, he um, scored. Yeah. So I like that guy being in the mix. I'm I'm working on lineups with all the quarterbacks we talked about. I thought also think that Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray are all in play. I'm going to create lineups with all of these guys. And then Sunday morning, I'll talk myself into which ones look the best and probably choose the wrong ones. Yeah. Minnesota's defense, by the way, is missing multiple starters. So, you know, already looked like a good spot for Arizona's offense. That only helps. And that only helps Kirk Cousins. That that makes it more likely they're going to be playing from behind and, you know, Cousins is going to have to be airing it out. Running back, Mitch, what are you playing for cash? Oh, yeah, there's a there's a handful of them I really, really like again in that mid-6K range. And this is where I lived last week. It worked out quite well. You know, uh, Joe Mixon, again, is just right outside the 6K range. He's at 7K this week, but we'll count it. And then there's a few other options. Chris Carson, I'm going back to the well at 6-1 at home. I like that matchup as well. We just got news about Josh Jacobs being out a few hours ago. I think I saw Shefty post that tweet. Kenyon Drake is 4.9K. He'll be one of the highest owned players on the entire slate, I believe, by the end of the week. Najee Harris at 6.3K. He played 100% of the snaps. He's going to get more touches sooner or later. I don't know what he'll do with those touches, but I'm always happy with taking a guy whom I believe has tremendous upside at 6.3. Potentially could be one of those Joe Mixon week one plays where you're looking at a guy where, oh, we should have seen this coming. You know, 29 carries, something like that, where they're just trying to hide Big Ben, who... I'm sorry. Yeah, the Bills lost. It really ticked me off, but he did not look super impressive to me. He sure came up clutch at certain times, but he looks so washed. And I think it's only a matter of time before the team is literally forced to just give Najee Harris the ball over and over and over again to try to get up and down that field. Uh, there's a few other guys I really, really like, but honestly, that mid 6K range. And then, of course, going all the way to the top to Christian McCaffrey is kind of where I'm living this week. It, on the other side of that game, that Pittsburgh uh, Raiders game, Kenyon Drake, you mentioned 4,900, probably going to be their number one back. Mitch, is there a, an ownership level if we get to Sunday morning and he's projected at, I don't know, 25, 30%? Is there a level where you're like, I'm out on Kenyon Drake? Yeah, a lot of that has to do with what I've entered it into. You know, if we're talking cash games, I just plug them in there. I don't really care. Uh, if we're talking like a smaller tournament, less than 100 people or so, I'm okay leaving them in there if they're 30%, 40%, if they're really cheap. That's very important to me. As soon as we start getting larger tournaments, then the ownership really starts to take into effect and in how much I value uh, and how much I heavily weight 
certain aspects of using a guy really comes down to uh, how large is the tournament and what's that ownership at? We're talking 35%, you know, five, 6,000 people in the tournament, even larger than that. And yeah, I'm going to try to find a, a similar price point pivot is what I like to call them because that allows me to build the same type of lineup that other people are building with someone who just is one player different than that you know, high owned player. And it's often enough to just make you just unique enough. Think, you know, going from Drake to Chase Edmonds, another guy who will often be overlooked in tournaments. You know, he's cheap again, just like Jared liked him last week, you know, another 4.7 K and, uh, you know, you save 200 bucks. You can have a similar build, similar construct that someone else might have with Drake, but you're just different. Jared, what do you like for cash running back? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not even going to play Kenny and Drake in cash. I don't know if you guys saw, but Gruden's talking about Peyton Barber having a pretty <laughs> – and I, I don't totally buy that. But, I mean, I, I think we might see Drake get, you know, 14 touches and not, like, 18. Uh, plus, I, I just hate this spot for the Raiders. Like, road game, traveling across the country after a Monday night game, an overtime Monday night game. They're missing both their starting guards are out for this game. So, I, I just don't want anything to do with that. Um, I like Najee Harris. I like Chris Carson. Um, I, I I like Zeke too. Um, Sixty-two hundred bucks. I, you know, Dallas is going to be a pass-heavy offense. They're not going to be as pass-heavy as they were in Week One. You know, that that was a matchup thing. Tampa's so good against the run. They, you know, it was smart for them not to not to run hardly at all. So, you know, Zeke got the snaps we wanted. He got the pass routes we wanted. You know, he handled like eighty percent of the running back carries. Um, I just think sixty-two hundred bucks for uh, you know three down back and what should be a shootout. I think I think that's too cheap. So I'm going to be using Zeke in cash games, even though. I'm you know, a little worried about how much gas is left in this tank. Yeah, I'm starting out looking at Chris Carson and Zeke Elliott at those prices. Kenny Drake, same thing for me at 4900 It's one of those, like, it's a price that looks like it's a must-play, but he's not a lock to even get those primary touches and certainly not a lock to deliver on that. That's the kind of guy that I tend to just be averse to using, and it's definitely bitten me at times when I'm underrating how sure the guy is to get those touches, but I don't know. This one makes me feel uncomfortable. I think I think you can use him in cash. I think he's fine. Right. I, I think I think he's a great fade in tournaments if he's going to be like you know twenty percent owned. Mm-hmm. On the GPP side, I wonder if Jonathan Taylor is a, a good guy to go to this week. It looks like he's going to come in at low ownership, projected at just four percent on DraftKings and our fan share numbers at the moment. Seventy two hundred is a tough price. Mitch mentioned all the guys in the six K and up to Joe Mixon at seven K range. So. You know, people are going to look at Jonathan Taylor, look at a, a tougher Rams defense and think, why would I go to him when I can go down to these cheaper guys? I think David Montgomery ran well against the Rams in week one. And I mean, what if the targets that Jonathan Taylor got in week one do stay at least for, for one more week? Could we I, I think we all agree he's at least talented enough that if things break in his favor, he has big game potential. Michael Pittman and uh, Paris Campbell are both questionable, questionable for this game now, too. So yeah, that could push more targets Taylor's way. Mitch, what do you like for tournament running back? Uh, yeah, I was actually just looking for a, a tweet from Jared from last week, if, uh, just to uh, bring it up on the show. Is it a good tweet or a bad it's tweet? It's a great tweet, my friend. It was uh, Dak Prescott. Now, let me just uh, – man, I could not find the numbers. I'm pretty good with numbers, though. It was 450 yards, 403, 405, and like 457 over his last four healthy games, right? Those were his passing yard totals. Everyone knows about how much he's passed over his last four starts, uh, last four games in 2020, and then the first game in – Uh, 2021. And I think everyone's going to say, wow, no Michael Gallup. What a great stack this week. You can plug in Cooper 6'8". You can plug in CeeDee Lamb 6'6". Dak himself is only 6.8K. Keenan Allen is 7K. Mike Williams 6'1". Oh my goodness. There's fantasy goodness everywhere in this game, right? There's your leverage right there. You grab Zeke Elliott, you use him in tournaments. 
use that guy who was out there for 84% of the snaps. As you had also posted uh, last week, and I remember this number as well, 72% of all passing uh, routes he was in on last week. I want to say, don't quote me on that number. It was up there, though. And, you know, you've got a guy who was on the field for that many plays, that many, you know, that much uh, PPR equity. He's got great touchdown equity on a team that we think is going to score a lot of points. Well, if everyone in their mom is using the passing game, you use the running game and you can leverage all that ownership, fade Dak in uh, tournaments, fade the passing game in tournaments, fade Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all these guys go Eckler and go Zeke Elliott. Love it. Love that. Yep. I like Javante Williams for tournaments. You know, kind of, it could be another you know price pivot off of Kenny and Drake. You're actually saving 500 bucks. With this one, Javante is just $4,400. Really, it's the matchup against Jacksonville. Like, after what Houston did to Jacksonville last week, you know, 37 points. Um, Texans running backs combined for 160 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, Javante Williams, he, he played half the snaps. He split snaps down the middle with Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams had 14 carries to Gordon's 11. Um, you know, get, give me 14 carries for Javante Williams against that Jags defense. And I, I think there, he's, he's a good bet to pay off that price tag. Over to wide receiver, and we're starting with cash, but Mitch, you warned us on Twitter earlier not to sleep on Cedric Wilson this week, the Cowboys receiver. He's just 3100 bucks on DraftKings, barely above the position minimum. He leads our dollars per point projections for the position. So obviously, you know, we're not sleeping on him in general. My question is, can he work in cash because of that salary, or is he purely a GPP play for you? Yeah, I think this is going to be similar to what we said last week, where there was all those guys down there, and they were kind of a trap, right? And we kind of identified that, and we talked about that last week on our podcast as well, saying, you know, that's probably the position you should pay up. Everyone else is going to be paying down. I'm going to be doing the same thing again this week. I'm not really looking to be in that 3K price range outside of few, a few players that are involved in a game stack. So, you know, going back to the Dak Prescott throwing the football a million times, if he's doing that, you know, Cedric Wilson is going to be on the field for probably 90% of those snaps this week, just because we're talking about as many warm bodies as we can get out there for the final couple, you know, third and fourth wide receiver positions this week. Cedric Wilson is going to be getting some downfield targets. He's a burner, man. He can run. And if you're going to get a guy at 3.1K who is going to be super volatile, let's be honest, there's no shoe in for him even catching the football this week, even if he's on the football field a ton. So a guy like that, I'm only using whenever I have Dak Prescott at quarterback, and I'll include him in some type of game stack. And I would probably do that in place of whomever the higher-owned projected guy is between CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, just to have exposure to the game beyond a chalkier stack – so to speak, that the public is also on, but then to have one critical element of that stack be different, where I'm not using, you know, the 18% owned Amari Cooper and I'm using, you know, sub 5% Cedric Wilson. So within the confines of uh, a game stack is how I would look to use someone like him. You know, there's other guys that kind of piqued my interest down in that area. KJ Hamler, I'm looking at, I was hoping Tim Patrick would be a lot cheaper. I would have him be the leverage play over KJ Hamler, but Tim Patrick's all the way up there at 4.7K. So KJ Hamler really sticks out there at, uh, I believe, 3.8K. And I like him in both tournaments and cash games. Yeah, that's right. I know that's a weird one, but I think he's actually really freaking good. Uh, former second round pick. And I think he'll have his opportunity this week in a game where I think they probably can pour on the points against the Jags who looked absolutely lost last week. And you mentioned not looking down into three K range much for cash. You might not need to, especially if you're looking Cowboys because CD lamb, Amari Cooper is still both shy of seven K and salary lambs, even cheaper than Cooper at 6,400. Maybe he's lower ownership. Maybe we don't even care about the ownership rate for both players 
in our cash games because they're good enough and we're not playing against large fields here. So I think both of those guys are in play. Ultimately, it's going to depend for me on which quarterback I, I settle on uh, stacking the receiver with that guy. Jared, what are you favoring here for cash wide up? Yeah, C.D. Lamb and Keenan Allen are the two guys that stick out to me again. You know, going back to that Cowboys-Chargers game, if, if there's only, you know, 35 points in that game, I'm going to lose a lot of money this week. Um, so I'm going to be heavily invested. But, I mean, yeah, C.D. Lamb, 6,400, I think that's just way too cheap. Um, you know, ha- had the big opener. Um, he was second among all wide receivers in our expected fantasy points model. And you know, the the knock against Lamb, again, was going to be this year that he, you know, he wasn't running pass routes on, like, all of the dropbacks. He was only at 77% for the game in week one. But then after Michael Gallup left that game, Lamb was in for a hundred percent of the pass plays. So, you know, if we get that again, you know, he, he's going to, he's going to explode at least until Gallup gets back. So I love CD lamb and then Keenan Allen, 7,000 bucks. I mean, to me, Keenan Allen is like right there with anyone is like, is the safest target bet in football right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's averaging 12.3 targets in his 12, 12 healthy games with Justin Herbert. He has 10 plus targets in 11 of those 12 games. So, you know, give, give me 10, 12 targets here. You know, Dallas just got ripped by Chris Godwin, another, you know, slot receiver like Keenan Allen. So great matchup, obviously, plus volume, um, 7,000 bucks. I think he's a really safe play for cash games. Yeah, it's not even like he has a 20-target Tyler Lockett game mixed in there. Right. If you look at the string of games, it's almost all 10-plus targets with like a, a one or two eight and nines mixed in there. So, yeah, it's, it's tough to not like Keenan Allen. On the tourney side, we already started touching on him, Jared. So why don't you go ahead and finish the case for Mike Evans at this point at his 6,100 bucks. I mean, it's just like he, he, he's a full-time player in that passing game. Like, you know, he's Antonio Brown is still the clear number three in Tampa based on playing time. You know, Brady loves him. And when AB's out there, Brady's looking to him. So, um, but you know, Keenan or uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are the, are the two full-time players there. Evans is going to have some more down games because it's so crowded, but he's also going to have some massive games because he's good because the offense is so good coming off that dud. Ownership is suppressed. The price seems suppressed against 6,100 bucks. So I, I think Evans is like a perfect tournament play this week. Yeah, he showed us the floor last week. We've also seen plenty of ceiling from him in the past. We know he has multiple touchdown, 150-yard uh, capabilities there. I think there's also room for Antonio Brown at 6K. Uh, Mitch, are you playing these Bucks guys at all? Yeah, I actually love Chris Godwin this week. He is very affordable at 6.6K. We have him projected for 9.1% ownership. And just to compare that with Mike Evans, he has projected for 6.2%. Antonio Brown at 9.4%. So that is the three bucks wide receivers, all sub 10%, all tournament viable. The only guy I want in cash, though, is Chris Godwin. I like that you touched on, uh, touched on Antonio Brown only uh, being on the field for portions of that game. He only had a 65% snap rate last week. So Uh, I think the numbers kind of hide the fact that he really wasn't out there full time like you would imagine him to have been based on his statistics. Uh, So I'm I'm there in tournaments with Antonio Brown, but also only within stacks with Tom Brady. I'm not really looking to pay six guy for a guy, six K for a guy who's only on the field two thirds of the snaps. Uh, going into the game. There's some other great tournament options this week. I think wide receiver is really interesting. Robert Woods at 5'7", provides you nice leverage over Cooper Cup at 6K, who I think will be a little bit chalkier after last week's uh, tremendous 10-target, 7-catch, you know, two-touchdown performance. Robert Woods there, going to go under the radar. Former Buffalo Bill is going to go out there at 5.7K, and he has great touchdown equity anytime he takes the field. Matt Stafford looked great, absolutely tremendous in week one. I think there's opportunity there to go ahead and leverage that ownership against uh, Cooper Cup owners and uh, roll out Robert Woods at 5.7K. I'm going back to the well with Devonta Smith again, one of my favorite options in week one. 
Love them. Love them at four or five. I love them at five, four. I think this guy is going to be in the mid six K by the end of the year, maybe even within the next several weeks, he is going to be the alpha in this offense. And he really staked his claim in week one with eight targets. Looked tremendous out there running routes. Looked phenomenal with the football in his hands. Uh, I, I love this guy. You know, I, I said last year, uh, I said last week, he's this year's Justin Jefferson. And I, I will stick to that all year. I don't care how the next few weeks look. I truly think his <laughs> the sky is the limit for this kid. He's off, he's off to a better start than Jefferson got off to last year. So he's already he's already ahead. There you go. Justin Jefferson was, I think, carrying Olabisi Johnson's right. pads at this time last year. So <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think you set the bar too low for him. I don't want to finish the wide receiver spot before making Jared puke. So I'm going to say that in a Kyler Murray lineup, I'm going down for AJ Green at 3700 bucks. Nobody wants to play him at all in any format. He was second on the team in targets last week. He was well ahead of Rondale Moore in uh, routes run right up behind DeAndre Hopkins in that category. Now they get a Titans team that's already bad on defense, also lost a starting safety, Imani Hooker, to a foot injury. So Bradley McDougald is not as good in coverage. As far as we know, Hooker's still a fairly new starter, but a weakened defense deep. Uh, A.J. Green got two of seven red zone targets for the Cardinals last week. He got one of four in the end zone. So even if he's not that good anymore, he's getting opportunities down there. It's basically the Zeke Elliott argument for a wide receiver. And if I can get three catches, 40 yards and a touchdown from a $3,700 receiver, uh, then I'm happy. I mean, it, it, it makes sense on paper. I, I just don't know if green can convert the opportunity into fantasy points anymore. I, I want to mention one more name, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, $4,000. Um, all the usage was there. He, he's a full-time player in that bill's passing game. Uh, Gabe Davis, by the way, banged up with an ankle. I, I think he's going to play, but you know, maybe his role scaled back a bit. I mean, Sanders is going to be out there. Um, you know, Josh Allen has owned Miami in their past like three meetings now. Um, so Emmanuel Sanders, you know, 4,000 bucks. That, that seems like a, a, a deal to me. And, and he's going to, he's going to be low owned. He's uh fan share hasn't projected at 3% ownership. Nice. Mitch, now that Jared got us going with a bill, I'm going to switch us over to tight end. Why don't you tell us what you're playing for cash over there instead of talking about the bills? Yeah. I mean, this one's easy for me. It's pay up for Waller. Just plug him in. Don't even do anything different if you have the money. And if you're trying to save a few dial hairs, I'm going down to Rob Gronkowski at 4.7K. Hard not to love the guy. Uh, he's just so lovable, you know, an upstate New Yorker. And he's always due for a touchdown basically every single time he, he uh, straps up for the game. Uh, if you're really trying to get funky, which I really don't at this position, it's just too volatile. Cole Komet down there. Uh, at 3.7K. You know, he did get the targets last week. He had seven. So if he's going to get the opportunity, you know, that's the first step in order to find fancy production, I guess. So there you go. I always enjoy Gronk as well, but I have to say my wife hates him just because of the one play where it was Patriots against the Bills and he was, or maybe it was last year, but either way, they were on the sideline. Trey White was down and Gronk dove into the back of his head like he was trying to injure him badly. And ever since then, my wife hates him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not lovable to everybody. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mrs. For, Joff. <laughs> for cash, I'm starting with my boo, Noah Fant, at 4,200. And I'm going down to Jared Cook at 3,900 if I need the savings. I, that's the area where I'm going to be living because I like both guys. I, I like their roles. I like the targets they got last week. I like their matchups. Uh, Noah Fant gets the Jaguars, Jared Cook and the Chargers get the Cowboys. So there should be points available in each of those targets available to those guys. So I'm just, I'm going to stick in that range and save the salary for the other positions. What about you, Jared? Yeah, it's Fant for me and cash. And I love Gronk and I love Jared Cook. Um, they're going to be tournament plays for me for cash. I like Fant. Um, as you 
alluded to, Matt, eight targets last week, and now Jerry Judy's out. So, you know, fans should get a, a bump from there. If you need savings, $4,100, Tyler Higby. Um, you know, he doesn't have as good of a matchup as Fant. You know, Fant gets the Jags, Higby tougher against the Colts. But, you know, Higby is finally in the full-time role that a lot of people wanted him to be in last year. And that's why he disappointed last year. He, he was splitting with Everett. But, you know, he was out there for every single snap in week one, Higby was. So, um, you know, even in a tough matchup, I think he's a good volume bet for that price tag. Also projected for higher ownership than Fant this week yeah. is Higby. Yeah. On the tourney side, here's how sharp fantasy players are at this point. Adam Troutman is projected for the third highest ownership rate right now at the position by the numbers that we get behind Tyler Higby and Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's a smart play at 3K, led the Saints in targets last week, well ahead of Juwan Johnson in routes, even though Johnson was the one who caught the two touchdowns, so it looks like he was the bigger fantasy performer. That high ownership rate makes Troutman less attractive to me. I don't know. What, what do you have going here, Mitch, at tight end for tournaments? <laughs> uh, George Kittle. I mean, I'm settling on him right now. He's he's like at a weird price tag, right? Where everyone seems to be going up to Waller or down to Pitts, down to Higby, down to Fant, Gronkowski. And then you've got George Kittle just kind of hanging out here in the mid-6K price range. Anytime you get those elite upside plays that are just so awkwardly priced in between someone who might be a superb value who people perceive as having a tremendous ceiling in Kyle Pitts or players that, you know, like Darren Waller, whom everyone looks at and says, what a great floor. You know what? If I'm going to pay 7K, I'm going to go get Darren Waller instead of George Kittle. And that allows you to get a guy like George Kittle who has the same ceiling as Darren Waller. Let's be honest. He does. Might not have the probability of getting to that ceiling that Darren Waller does, but they have equal upside. And you have him sitting there, the weird price tag, and, and our current projection has him at 10% ownership. And anytime you get a guy like George Kittle at 10%, I'm happy to do that in the tournament. Yeah, talk about you know, sharp DFS players. I was hoping Kyle Pitts would go away under owned this week. You know, his price tag goes up. He disappointed everyone as chalk last week. But, you know, he's projected as, you know, the what is it, the, the second or third highest owned tight end. So, you know, he's he's not as good of a tournament play as I thought he was going to be. As, as I said, I like Gronkowski in tournaments, you know, especially on Brady teams. I think Gronk is as good a touchdown bet as any, as any tight end on this main slate. And then Jared Cook with Herbert teams, maybe as a run back on your Dak Prescott teams. Um, you know, Dallas just gave, or uh, yeah, Dallas just gave up the the massive game to Rob Gronkowski in Week One. Uh, eight targets for Jared Cook in Week One as a seventeen percent target share. If he if he stays anywhere near there, you know, he's he's gonna have a he's gonna have a big season. Yeah, I'm likely sticking with Noah Fant, Jared Cook in, in tournaments as well because the ownership is looking like it's gonna be lower on those guys, and Jared Cook especially can be maybe an under-owned option in that matchup that we're all trying to target across our lineups in DFS this week. If I'm looking super cheap, I want to throw out James O'Shaughnessy, 2700 bucks, uh, maybe a nice pivot, probably more pass volume for the Jaguars uh, than some other teams down there. So, you know, he could very well give you a zero, but at 2700 you're willing to take that shot. Defense, Mitch, what are you playing? Uh, yeah, I mean, holy smokes. Did we see last week just the presence of J.J. Watt and what he does for that off that defense? And uh, he looked healthy. He looked really healthy, and he drew so much attention. He kept blowing up plays in the backfield. Uh, I think Cardinals' defense could be something serious this year, something fierce, right? And I think they're going to be on their own for two reasons. Number one, they're against Minnesota, a team that does not really turn the ball over too often. And also, they're 2.9K. They're, again, awkwardly priced. But again, here we go with a team that I think actually is pretty freaking good on defense with that George Kittle type upside, right? You know, sandwiched between weird pricing. Uh, Cardinals, I think they're like a sub three to 5% owned team this week. And I, I, you know, pick six, strip sacks, something like that. And boom, 
you're uh, you're flying to the top of the standings with two percent of the field, right? Um, you know, Steelers are really nice at three K as well against the traveling uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and they're the same price tag at three K. Uh, Eagles two point four K are tremendous play, I think, against the Jimmy Garoppolo led 49ers. And uh, I think this could be a week where he's going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. Eagles are going to keep up with them. They're going to be scoring the football and they're not going to be able to turn around, and hand it off 30 times to these guys. So I think that if you're going to force Jimmy G to have to throw the ball 35 times, there could be some extra sacks, some interceptions. And the Eagles, the Eagles look pretty good in that wide nine last week. Yeah, the Vikings, by the way, put up a lot of yardage and plenty of points last week, but the Bengals got into their backfield more than they really should have. And Dalvin Cook didn't run for a whole lot of yardage. So there might be some O-line issues for them to iron up there. So I certainly agree on the upside there. The Eagles at 2,400 are my favorite at home against Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's basically the case. That's the pamphlet. I mean, the ownership rate's going to be low because the Niners just scored a bunch of points and now they're the road favorite, but it's Jimmy Garoppolo. So the Eagles looked awesome in week one. They came away with the fourth best defensive DVOA. There's a chance that they're a very good defense. There's a chance this doesn't work out, but we always know that when we're taking a low 2K defense. Jared, what do you like on D? Yeah, you got you guys nailed the three I have down here. Um, I love the Cardinals for tournaments. Um, I might actually end up paying, you know, quote unquote, paying up for the Steelers in cash at 3,000. Yeah, that's a thousand more than I like paying. In cash, um, but I don't. Yeah, you know, I I do think the Eagles are fine. Um, I, again, I just love this spot for the Steelers against you know the Raiders on short rest traveling across the country, and, and you know Pittsburgh's D obviously just you know kind of kind of shut down the, the Bills' offense. So um, I, if I can get there, I think the Steelers at three K are a great play for cash. It looks like they're going to be the highest owned defense on the slate, so I think you probably fade them in tournaments. And again, as Mitch said, you know go down a hundred bucks to the Cardinals for tournaments. You think tears from Derek Carr this week? Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> many. That's going to do it for this week two DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get more player recommendations. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of our projections and the fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and all other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. Find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. For Mitch Carl, Jared Smola, and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 